Hello and welcome to our Scene and Nerd Fall TV season preview special. That's only the third time I've seen <laughs> tonight and I still can't get it down. But our shows are coming back and we're excited. So we're going to let the theory spiral because we're almost at that beloved hiatus finish line. I can see it. I can imagine it. It's right there, Will. We're almost there. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. Will, are you pumped? I am so pumped. I'm so pumped because we had to retake this three times. (laughs) (laughs) And in my defense, Will made me do that three times. Will made me. Yes, because we have an awesome show for you guys tonight, and we wanted to make sure we have it here for you. So, yes, I am super excited about uh, the hiatus season coming to an end. Uh, it was, you know, it was a good time to go back and, uh, you know, rewatch some old, old shows, but also learning, get, getting some new shows as well. So, uh, it's been a fun hiatus, so, uh, and, uh, but it's coming to an end and actually our first show that, uh, that I've been looking forward to actually aired tonight. So I can't wait to wait to, to discuss it some more. You are such a tease. You know that, right? I know. It's just a tease. I love being a Be like, stay tuned for stay tuned. five minutes, and we'll be right back. Yeah, exactly. I wonder what show it's going to be. Hmm, hmm, <laughs> September 24th, so hmm, what show could it be? Yeah. Stay tuned. And, and that, you know, you got your your show tonight. This Is Us is coming back later this week. They're, they're just going to start popping up left and right. Um, but we also to give a TV preview because our format is changing. Last year, we got into the habit of only covering The Flash, and as much as we both love that show, we also wanted to expand the format to include others, um, partly because Sam Esmail changed Mr. and decided, hey, I'm going to release the third season in the fall because none of my viewers have anything else to watch, apparently. (laughs) We do, Sam. We do. (laughs) But it's okay because we're going to make sure it works. So we're going to have our Mr. Robot coverage. We're going to have Arrowverse covered. And we're going to even talk Stranger Things Season 1 or Season 2. That's right. Yep. (laughs) And The Punisher season one, because I love John Furenthal, and I'm going to convince Will that Netflix can can really do these shows, because I feel like I let you down, Will. I got you all set up and prepared for The Defenders, and it wasn't as good as I probably sold it, but hopefully The Punisher. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. Fingers crossed. Because that leads us to uh, one of the shows that we also talked about a little bit during a hiatus, which was uh, Ozark. And yes. and that was one that had a lot of buzz, just like some of the others, like Defenders and Stranger Things, and and uh, I have to say, I know we were uh, we were on the fence. I know you're still on the fence, but I, I I soldiered on, and I have to say that the uh, I, I'm glad I did. It was totally worth it. The payoff was totally worth it. You know, I can't fully blame Sam Esmail for our show expanding to include more TV because Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, all of this freaking original content. There's so much to cover. There's so much, <laughs> so little time. So much to cover, so little time. But never fear, folks. I know a lot of you folks love to listen to us because we talk about the Flash. We won't let you down. We'll give it all the love and attention for the Flash and Arrow, 
that's Sarah's favorite show, and of course, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Robot. Uh, we we definitely love talking about it, especially now since I've like gotten caught up and have become as as I think Sarah called me a super fan one time. Uh, but uh, yes, <laughs> but because uh, you're you're re- you started to rewatch the second season, did, right, I, I, or the first? I season? started rewatching the first season. I went all the way back. So what a nerd! Yes, yes, but it's just a great show. Well, I just want to make sure I'm fully, I, I, you know, it, it, you know, it's one of those things that each time you watch something or read something, you always pick up something you missed before. So. Oh God, it it is such that show. And it totally is that show, and so I'm so looking forward to season three for that reason. But, you know, long as I said, long way of saying, you know, don't worry, we'll keep our our staples there. But uh, but it's also fun to talk about other other shows and expand our universe a little bit and uh we uh, hope you guys enjoy expanding it and we introduce you to something new yeah absolutely and always send us tweets or on facebook and tell us what you're watching and what you would recommend and maybe we'll cover that too and bring you on because we will have some guest hosts appearing this season patricia called in sick today or else she would be joining us but hopefully she'll be back next week so we got a we got some plans you guys we got some plans big plans big plans see the nerd plans but first we're gonna start off tonight with a hiatus watch update will kick things off what did you watch and why are you so excited tonight <laughs> <laughs> so i uh, as i mentioned earlier ozark was one of the things that has been recently on my hiatus watch list uh finished it up uh i guess now earlier earlier this week yes um but uh it was definitely definitely worth the uh Payoff was definitely worth it, so I'm glad I stuck with it. But a show that um, I have really been looking forward to since uh, it was first announced, and then it was had going through all these production difficulties, and it was going off the rails, but it got back on the rails. But it's back, <laughs> and it told, and I had low expectations, but. Not only were my low expectations exceeded, I, I have to say it was probably the most complete pilot I have watched in a long time for any show. It is Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't know that you were going to end right on that note, yeah. so I wasn't prepared to respond. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's, no. That's like explanation point, explanation Boom, point, drop, explanation drop, point. Drop the mic. I mean, it's... <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. I mean, well, it's... So... Yeah. Okay, so you define it as a complete pilot. I want to know what that means, and also, because to me... Let me let me start this way. Yeah. To me, a, defi- a complete pilot says that it it is a cohesive story all told in an hour time frame. So it's one story. They set up the series. They you know where the season is going. Um, so for you, when you say that it's a complete pilot, what are you referring to specifically? Those you you, you touched on with those two elements, and that it was it was a very strong opening sequence when the series first when the show first started. Um, it you know did a good job of laying out the two primary at least for now primary characters as far as uh, Captain Grigor and uh, Commander Burham. Right. And because this is anthology, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 
Yeah, so it did it did a very you know you know captures the Star Trek uh, mythos as far as you know new strange new worlds, new life, new civilizations. Um, in the first really you know five minutes of the show, and um, and bring you know it has those familiar familiar touches. So you know because again this is a franchise that's been around for over fifty years. And mm-hmm. uh, so you know you gotta just sort of check certain boxes, or you're gonna have a have a revolt from the fans. Will will be pissed. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Continue. Exactly. So it did that. <laughs> um, opening opening score again. Uh, I you know thought it was good. Um, definitely you know uh, you know after the mistake that Enterprise made, <laughs> it, it got back to the Star Trek roots uh, of. Of, you know, good score. One of the so, one of the first things that jumps out at you is and I, I read this, I guess, you know, when they were the show was in production, but it really was true to life, true tonight as I was watching the pilot. It definitely had a theatrical feel to it. Nice, that's what we're looking for. Yeah, and so. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm curious because we've had in the last, I don't know, eight years or so, it's felt like we've had a few new movies come mm-hmm. out to reintroduce um, viewers to this this universe. Yeah. Um, is is this show better than those movies or on par with those movies? Um, it is on par with those, on par. Okay. With those movies. Uh, now, granted. The Star Trek Discovery is based in the Prime universe, so that is the uh, characters from the original series from the 1960s. Um, so you know, so it's not based in the Kelvin universe that's in the recent, the with or the Chris Pine universe, <laughs> I should say. Uh, that's the universe I refer to it yeah, as. Yes, yeah. Chris Pine. Yep. Heard of him? Yep. Heard of him? Yeah, Zachary Quinto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heard of him? Heard of him? Yeah. Um, but um, you know, I, it it I, I enjoyed it. it. When I say a complete pilot, it was definitely one where it set up the characters very well. Already, it already had some good you know, likes and dislikes about certain characters on the show. Um. And, you know, just a good story, you know, reintroduced the Klingons in a very dope way. Uh, not only just from the makeup, but the story and, you know, but again, all throughout, they, you know, for a, a Star Trek geek that I am, and I think for Star Trek fans, it'll be very satisfying, is they had all these nods to canon, because that was my big thing that I was looking out for. It's like, how are yeah. you going to, you know, how are you going to have another prequel that's going to respect the established canon of the show, and they did a good mm-hmm. job of doing that without get, without getting into any spoilers. Uh, but but for a viewer like me yeah. who I have no ties to canon, I have no no big bias for this universe. I later this week I sit down to watch this yeah. show. Will it work for me? I think it will because. Even though it has those ties back to the original show, um, it is a fresh take on a very established universe that and it has enough action and good dialogue between the characters and good rapport between the characters that 
you know, if you don't watch, if you're not, if you're not, you know, a religious Star Trek fan, you could you could easily parachute in and 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 enjoy this this series. And and as I said before, part of the reason why it's a very theatrical like production, but also uh, it was it had those like plot twists there at the you know the last ten minutes of the show that was sort of that made you be like oh 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 I gotta like I gotta see what's gonna happen here next and that's essential yeah and as a fan who was already kind of pissed off at CBS for making me having to go behind the paywall to like see the rest of this series. I, you know, it, it was, it, it got me excited enough that, you know, that I, I was like, okay, I think I am actually going to possibly shell out the money to watch the show on their fledgling streaming service. Yeah. And I, I like how you keep bringing up that it's very theatrical um, because that just reminds me about how the cable network shows they need to start realizing that for their shows to be a success these days, you have to put the money behind them because I'm sure when you're watching Star Trek now, you're, you're like, Oh, this is, you could watch this on the big screen. You know, they could shoot an episode or two in IMAX Mm -hmm. and it'll work and people will go see it. Yeah. Hopefully ABC (laughs) is. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Hopefully ABC listens and watches what CBS does with Star Trek, because that's the one reason why Inhumans is failing. They did not put the money behind that show that needed to make it successful. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I like that you keep bringing it back to that point. And also that it does sound like it was a pretty well-made pilot where you're introduced to a world it's set up as a one one part narrative but it does have those essential oh my god moments what's going to happen next leading you to want to return to it and and be told more stories totally 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 that's the case and um yeah so yeah i think you know cbs all access may have a new customer so (laughs) Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna watch it. I will. Okay. I okay. will. I will. All right. Hey, I watched Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I gave it a fresh day. I know. I, I'm so proud of you. I gave I gave it a fresh view just for you, and I and I'm glad I did. I guess more on that later. Right. But <laughs> so while you're watching Star Trek, I meanwhile. <laughs> So, no, I have for those who are listening, I have yet to return to Ozark. I don't know if I ever will, but I did find myself this week um, stumbling upon American Vandal, and I loved it. <laughs> I, I finished that show in one one night. Like, I stayed up later than I normally stay up because I just wanted to find out what happened with this school prank and how it un. un- Unraveled. Um, I made Will watch the trailer right before we started recording. So, Will, what are your thoughts after watching the trailer for this show? Oh my God! I, I, okay, I think you probably, you know, I think for it was a two-minute trailer and about oh a minute and thirty of it, I was like laughing out loud. Uh, it was. I was. Uh, it is. I, the whole like I don't know. Watch the trailer. Uh, just, 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 we will we will make sure when we do our our show summary today we'll 
tag the trailer on on our summary because you 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 have to just see this trailer to like fully appreciate Sarah's rundown here in a moment. <laughs> but yeah, but it, it's 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 if you if you're into like the true crime on like A and E or um you know or uh like uh, hit, making a murder maker, yeah if making you, a murder if you binge that you binge that or any of those true crime series on any of the cable networks like uh I can't remember the network now but um you will you will fully appreciate this trailer and uh, and I, even though I haven't watched the series I'm going to watch it because uh, I, I just love how it's a satire of of those shows and I'll just I'll, I'll let Sarah take it from here because I won't steal her thunder. Yeah, it, no, you did steal my thunder. Thank you very much. But Sorry. you're you're exactly right. The reasons why this show works is because in the back of your mind, you're thinking about making of a murderer. You're thinking about all of those true crime shows and or even or even um, people versus OJ, because that was fictional, but it was based off of a real story. And they did it so well that it made it feel like that's exactly how that case unraveled. And and they they do the same thing here where and I'm going to be honest with you all. I did not realize it was satire. Did not <laughs> until after I finished it. <laughs> because there, and in my mind, I even recognized some of the kids. And I'm like, I know I've seen you in other things. I know you're an actor, but my mind is also telling me that you're real. You really are a high school student. And this is just happening. Um, it is just really good storytelling. And it. It is humorous. It makes you want to go back to high school. It reminds you what it's like to be an adolescent at that time. And to, and it does this really intelligent, um, intelligent point. It makes this really intelligent point about stereotypes and about cliques and how, whether you're an adult or a kid, when you're in high school, you're you're constantly trying to fit yourself into a category that you you can always change out of. Like I don't know if I'm making sense yeah, right now, are. but yeah, you you grow out of it, or that's not that's not who you really are. It's like we're trying to compartmentalize these students when the truth is they're they're much more complex. They're they're humans. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, and, and it's, and it's just growing up and they, they do a lot of fun stuff. Hopefully it gets a second season and there's more to come. But I, if you, if you need a palate cleanser, go watch American Vandal, eight episodes, 30 minutes a piece. Well worth it. Loved it. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, yeah, you will get sucked in by the trap, the, the pilot, no pun intended, but Yep, uh, yep. Yeah, it's all about ball hairs. Yeah. What? <laughs> See, I didn't even tell them what happened. No. I'm not going to tell no, you. Watch the, watch the trailer. Watch the first watch episode. The first step, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I watched the trailer, and yeah, it's it, I'm, I, like I said, it's one of those shows that. Uh, um, thank you, Sarah, for introducing me to uh, a, another uh, another show to, uh, to 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 catch up on, and before our our, our Arrowverse shows come back. 
They're coming. They are coming in three weeks now. We're three weeks out yeah, of this. Yeah, we're inside of three weeks now. Inside of three yeah. weeks. Inside of three weeks. Yeah, we're like. And then the Flash will be reborn. Yes. See what I did there? I did. Because <laughs> I did it. <laughs> yeah, Barry is back. Okay, I've, I've, I finally re-watched the latest trailer mm -hmm. for The Flash Season 4. Because for a while there, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to be like Will and go into this season blind. That didn't happen because I have a podcast. Yeah. And I liked how Barry's back. Yeah. And we knew that was going to happen in the first episode of season four anyway. Um, but I am curious if you felt this way watching him. But did it seem like he's not fully back? There's something else. He's a rubnet, or I don't think he's something he's else. He's something else. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. 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 Uh, maybe uh, the Barry of season three is that pre 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 Speed Force Barry is going to be was was actually Savitar. <laughs> but uh, oh my god, my head just exploded. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're right, uh, Barry. It is definitely, you know, of course, as a fan, I have been, like, trying to, you know, read up. One, one because we do have a podcast, but two, I can't help myself. I want to know what's going on. So, uh, it's been been teased throughout since, uh, especially since San Diego Comic-Con, how Barry's been changed, how he's going to be different. Even I even saw some stuff going out there about Barry and Iris having to go to couples counseling because of all the changes that he has been exposed to while he's been in the Speed Force. And in another, in just a theory spiral a little bit, it seems from this, Love it. It, it seems from this trailer that he is not back willingly. That yes, that it seems that Cisco built some device to to yank him out of the Speed Force. So I wonder by doing that, and since Barry's not back, you know, maybe the gods of the Speed Force were hoping, you know, to tutor him further along uh, before they sent him back. But being yanked back too soon, it has caused him to Swiss cheese some, you know, to borrow a quantum leap reference. Uh, okay. Uh, Barry, Barry Allen. Okay, so that's a great point. I didn't think about it in that context until you mentioned it, but now my mind goes directly to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sorry, I'm congested right now, but I'm going to repeat she's, that. She's, yep. My mind jumps right to Buffy the Vampire Slayer because there's a season where she ends up dying and then her friends bring her back to life. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched it. I've barely seen episodes, but I know this happens. And she actually goes around and resents everyone because when she was dead, she had peace. Mm -hmm. And that has always been a very fascinating point of storytelling and I think we see it in other shows as well but that that storyline sticks out to me and so I I'm curious now if that's really what's happening with Barry in that while he was in the speed force he found his own version of peace and he now resents everyone for bringing him back 
which could add more layers to him. Because remember, who there is a certain somebody also in the Speed Force who always seems to represent the Speed Force, his mom. That's right. And that's the one person he's always wanted to have in his mm-hmm. life again. So it is it is going to be very interesting how he reconciles coming back with what he found while he was there by himself. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, you know, you made a very good point there that, you know, since he has been learned the existence of the Speed Force and actually been, mm-hmm. you know, thrust in it from, you know, from whatever they tried to give him his powers back in season two. And then, um, and then again in season three, uh, his mother has been the, the constant. And, and, and yeah. quite frankly, all throughout this whole, the whole Arrowverse timeline. And even, even in the comics, it's the same way. His mother being murdered, it has been the, the focal point of why, you know, that, that motivates Barry to do the things that he does. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a very, you know, maybe we touched on something that's, that is going to be some of the subtext in this first few, first episode. Uh, of course, by episode two, they'll be all, all be forgiven and I'll be moving on, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that moving yeah. on because. T- so it sounds like. The crossover over episode, Crisis on Earth X, Earth mm-hmm. 10, um, will be set around Barry and Iris getting married. So it is kind of confusing if we're hearing that Barry is mad at everyone for having him return, but he's also going to walk down the aisle and finally marry yeah. Iris, which best of luck to that. It just, it seems very counterintuitive to me. Like, are you mad at her or are you in love with her? Are you mad at yeah. her? <laughs> well, it, I guess we're, we're in season four now and you know, I mean, Barry and Iris are definitely, can't, you know, they are the, the, the couple, uh, you know, not to get into the into the wars. There's enough of that going on right now in the, in the on the interwebs, but but yeah. um, but yeah, I mean they they are, and I, I guess you know is is it the right times in the narrative of the Flash, especially given where we just were with season three, and we're only going to be what episode was that seven or eight when the crossover? It's episode eight. eight. Yeah. Um, are we, you know, should we be doing this already so early in the season? Um, and so early, you know, and and assuming that this show is going to have a, you know, you know, say, you know, hypothetically say, say seven, eight year year run, we are going to be, you know, we're doing this now. Uh, it's sort of like when I, you know, I felt this way with, when they brought Wally in 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 season two, I thought, wait a minute, Barry's just barely getting you know, grasp and grip on his powers, and now you're introducing another speedster, uh, you right. know, who you know who eventually will actually, in some regards, you know, um, super is is more of a fla- you know greater flash than Barry is in some regards with Wally West. Um, if it, Ouch. well, it's it's true. <laughs> Throw in some shade. It's true. I'm the, I, it, it's just I'm sorry. I mean, Wally, you know, 
Wally is, in some regards, greater than Barry. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Wally guy. I, I, I freely admit that. But, but that being said, um, I, I, I digress. But it, it, I just wonder how how this is all going to play out. But I mean, the crossover itself it sounds super exciting. When you consider the concept, oh, it sounds yeah, great. When you consider the concept, you're not just getting outside of the, the wedding itself, but just the the idea that they're going to be, you know, it's been. I think this Earth Ten has been teased on Supergirl, if I recall, um, mm-hmm. where they are, um, you know, this is again we're getting doppelgangers, but this is this Earth is an Earth where the Germans actually won the World War Two, bum bum bum, man in high castle, but. Bum. But uh, we won't go down that beyond that little, that little throwaway line there. But um, you know they're going to be fighting versions of themselves on this earth. Well, on our earth, and you know the the cover that they had Phil Jimenez like draw for this just like really um, got me super excited about the crossover, and um, and also. Um, I think even Stephen Emmel was like very excited about it as well. As far as, yeah, as far yeah. as uh, he, he was, he said. Well, I think he said something about how this was like a, you should look at this crossover as like a four-hour movie event. Which I'm glad we're actually having a true crossover this time instead of just like you know three and uh, what quarter <laughs> crossover. Yeah, I, I, so, <laughs> spoiler alert, that cover kind of made me mad for a reason, but we won't get into oh, that. Oh, no, we gotta get into that. Um, oh, please, please. Yes. No, no, all I'm saying is just that I get it, it's a mock-up of a comic book ca- cover, but why didn't they, they include some essential Arrow characters that I love and I would, like, represent it on the cover, you know? Okay. Just um, a little felicity goes a long way with me, guys. <laughs> little felicity goes a long way. Well, That's all you have to do. Yeah. Come on. Well, Deagle's not even on the cover. Okay, what the heck? Wild Good Dog, Mister Terrific. Those are kind of new characters. Okay, they've been around for yeah. a little bit. They're still the new kids on the true, block. True. I think Felicity and Deagle have earned it. Okay, song to say. Song to say. Fair enough. I'm, I, I. Fair point. They also did. Um, on the cover include the Ray, which is a character that they're going to introduce in. It's I th- I'm going to assume that he's probably going to be the bad guy in this universe behind it. I guess. Will help me out here. <laughs> I guess. I mean, the, well, the Ray is itself is a um, he's a superhero actually. Uh, his name's Ray Terrell, and like and I have to be in all in full disclosure here. Uh, this is a character that I'm not have not spent hardly any time. Um, I don't know much about. But he has. But but he has spent more time with this character than I have. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do know just from you know DC Comics Wiki that there has been four versions of it. This was the second version of the Ray, um, who was Ray Terrell, and he mm-hmm. is the uh, he was first. Appeared in the um, in around the mid nineties, and he is actually a member of the Justice League, so he will be a good guy. So I love that 
because I also was reading up on the main villain of the Flash season mm-hmm. four, the mm-hmm. Thinker, and the Thinker is part of the Injustice Society. So I wonder if the Injustice Society is going to like blend over into this Justice Society because there was a lot of speculation about that. I think so, and I know I know I have I've read some things where uh, I think they are trying to in, in all the, in, in many of the shows really. Not only bring back, bring more Justice League characters, but also try to, you know, harken back to the golden age of comics and bring out some of the more of the Justice Society of America characters as well. So hopefully we'll see. That means we'll see more Jay Garrick and, um, you know, no. yes, and uh, also maybe the original Green Lantern. You know, we have well, I guess the Green Lantern that we've been teased with so far has been the Silver mm-hmm. Age Green Lantern with Ferris, Air, Hal Jordan, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah, and so he's he's also they're introducing another gay superhero. That's worth mentioning. So fingers crossed, Curtis Holt, Mr. Terrific. I hope you get some action on that. Superhero on superhero. <laughs> Love it. Um the actor okay, Yes, I I will I will always make a point to ship when a ship is needed, Will. Always ship it. <laughs> um so the the actor Russell to- Tovoy, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He, um, I recognize him, and I was really excited to hear that he was going to join the Arrowverse because he was featured heavily on Quantico season two, which I started watching last year, and I fell in love with this man. He's amazing. So Curtis, you better be getting that if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and i i just feel like cw they 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 have found what i like to watch and specifically what characters i like to watch because not only did they cast russell as a superhero but they're also bringing katie Sackoff to the flash yes as how do you pronounce the name Annie black I mean, she's going to be kick-ass. I get to talk so much Starbucks this season. It's going to be awesome. And you know who I'm talking about. I know. I know. We'll see. I I, that, I, I was part of, you know, when you told me that there was a Battlestar Galactica marathon for Sci-Fi Channel's uh, mm-hmm. uh, anniversary, I was like, all right, I better, I better, better, you know, get school up and get ready for, for this because I know I'm going to hear a lot about Katie and uh, season four to flash. Yes. And you know, you're just, there is a great interview on the Nerdist podcast with Katie Sackoff because we see her mainly as Starbuck. But if you want to really fall in love with just Katie Sackoff, listen to that interview. She's freaking hilarious. I've never laughed so hard. It is. She has a dirty mind. Like, yeah. Um, I so I'm speculating, Will, that this character is going to have a lot to do, not necessarily with Barry, but more with Caitlin this yeah. season. And and she also is not a super. She's not a meta, right? She is not. But she captures metas, i.e., she wants Killer Frost. She well in the comic book in the New Fifty Two she was uh, 
she was a criminal mastermind in the underworld. So, so that's a bit far fetched. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know where we're going with this. Um, well, so I mean, she might be I using. Think, I mean, I think she's going to come on not as a friend, but a foe to Team Flash. And maybe she will be. Right. You know, she will. Um, you know, will try to enlist Caitlin to to help her in her in her uh, you know in her criminal enterprise because you know she, obviously Caitlin knows the team intimately and can infiltrate and um, you know cause cause some cause some problems for the team. And for Central City. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, in comparison to Arrow, I feel like The Flash needs some more reoccurring characters, villains, or heroes other than Harrison Wells. They just need that reoccurring to really flesh out this universe a little more because they really need to start breaking that mold. I mean, we're in the fourth season, but they need to start breaking that mold of um, introducing that villain of the week. Mm -hmm and start reusing and making it more of a, of a universe than so this is the villain and they're dead or they're captured or they're put behind bars. Yeah. Yay. Or made it to a, you just need to move away or, from or that. Or made it to a good guy like, you know, Captain Gold and Heatwave. So. And probably Killer Frost. And probably Killer Frost. Yeah. But, um, I, I guess Amity to Black, I guess another, I guess an alternate name is uh, called the Blacksmith and, the meta power that, you know, it's not clear if this character is going to be meta on the show, but definitely was the meta in the comic book. So, yeah. Well, yes. again, another 23 episodes of Barry's going to run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really struggling trying to wrap up the flash talk, oh. but how do I do this? I need a segue. I need a segue. Will. So, well, we can go from one. We can go from our hero <laughs> of Central City to our to our mayor of Star City. And you know, given that we have uh, introductions of new characters, and we're having the Ray join Team Flash. Oh, not Team Flash. The show the Flash. Uh, we will also possibly see him on. I would think on on the uh, you know on on Arrow as well during a crossover. So, uh, but, um, you know, another thing that we have as far as our, our beloved Arrowverse is whereas the flash had a, a sense of, of when, when Bali, when Barry went into the speed force, it closure. closure arrow left this big ass open, open hole, like who lives and who does. Is it is it that open? Because I'm pretty sure I know who well, lives and who dies. Well, I'm yeah, pretty sure we all I know. know too. We do. <laughs> it's it's getting ridiculous. I I really hate it. Um, hopefully they learn from this that they should never do this again because it's pointless. Yeah. I feel like I don't know. You know, actually, on the positive side, I do feel like I'm going into Arrow season six not knowing exactly what's going to happen in those first seven or nine episodes. Because usually by this point I do. Because they haven't been able to give away what happened on Leanne Yu because they're teasing it, even though we know. Yes. We know what you know, what we know, 
you know. Friends reference. Yes. Thank you very, very much. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pull it all out tonight, y'all. Oh, but let's let's talk yeah. about this. Liz this this surprise that the person who really did die on Lee and you is gonna be William's mom. Yep. She's gonna be taken mm-hmm. away. Don't need her, yep. don't care. But they're going to use this season, or at least this first arc in the season, to really set up the idea that is Oliver over his trauma? Is he a fully functional adult? And can he also be responsible for another human being, i.e. his son, William? Because William is going through a lot of similar emotions that Oliver has gone through. He lost his parrot. He, he was attacked and kidnapped by a psycho and that's a lot of trauma for somebody who's just a teenager so it's going to be oliver trying to be mayor trying to be um trying to be a father and trying to be the green arrow all simultaneously which i do have to say is a pretty interesting it 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 does refresh this the show that we've come to know knows so well yeah it does it does and uh, you know i think it's it's a good place narratively to take oliver because we've seen you know as as mayor we've seen another side we've seen a transition from you know from the very beginning you know the billionaire playboy to the Mm -hmm. uh the avenger of the city to the conscious of the city in some regards you know with some pretty heavy-handed episodes and particular during last season with like the gun control issues and other stuff. And now we're going to see, you know, Oliver as Oliver's dad and Oliver's father, who is going to have to juggle his, you know, full his day job, his night job. Yeah. And somehow in the middle of that, raise the son. And, and, yeah. you know, to your point, it does, it, you know, it, it, it's a good place for the show to go to, to, to explore those things. Yeah. And and he has a girlfriend, I'm pretty sure. They haven't made it Facebook official, but I've seen the images. They're together. Mm. All over in Felicity. Not Facebook official, but they're together. <laughs> and there is speculation that in the crossover over episode, as Barry and Iris are getting married, Felicity and Oliver will be reflecting on their own marriage that happened during hiatus. Oh, well, if I get robbed of an illicity wedding, there will be hell. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think, honestly, I was thinking, I, I was like, how am I going to like refute this with Sarah as far as like, or how am I supposed to Sarah that, no, we can't have, it's enough that we have Barry and ours. It's not Oliver and Felicity in the same, same week. It's just too much. But I want the private this time. No, I, I actually, I've, I think I heard about that theory a month yeah. ago, and I, I agree. It, yeah. For for Arrow, the the pull the pull, push and pull of that relationship can mm-hmm. work, but the moment that they make it official, as in Facebook official, I don't know why I keep going oh, to that. I'm, I find it really. Oh funny, yeah, guys. it's funny. I'm thinking back to Wally and uh, Wally and Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it works until they make it make it official, and then for whatever reason that that 
causes the show not to be as multi-layered as it as it could yeah. be. So I, I do agree with the sentiment that don't put them together. I mean, they can be in a relationship, but don't make it marriage. We're not at no. that point. Oliver just got a kid in a way, yeah. so he he has some growing up to do. She does, too. There is speculation about Felicity's storyline this season having to do with Smoke Industries, mm-hmm. which has been teased mm-hmm. a lot over the yep. years. And also, so um, I'm still waiting for that fulfillment of the relationship between Felicity and her own father to play out because they teased it a little bit in season four, but I still didn't feel the, the full satisfaction of that storyline because it's so important to who Felicity is as a character in her whole arc. Um, now somebody who I honestly will, I'm, I really don't know what happens to to him on Leon Yu during the explosion is Diggle. Because despite them not telling us who lives and who dies or confirming who lives and who dies, because we know Diggle has been teased to have had something physically and mentally happen to him. That's going to cause him to be what they're referring to as broken Diggle this season. Oh, you know, when you said that, uh, I think I'm thinking back to the comic book cover. And maybe that mm-hmm. is why he is not as he's not on there. Oh. Uh, just possibly, yeah. I mean, you know, this I could be just reading more into it than than anything. But uh, but if he is going to be sidelined this season because of some, you know, either psychological, you know, psychological, emotional trauma or physical trauma. Um, you know, because of what happened on you know, you, um, it, you know, again, you know, as far as the, the triumphant of the original three of Team Arrow, um, you know, it, with all the things that Oliver is dealing with and the things that you, you know, that may happen with Felicity, uh, it'll be interesting to see, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how the, this trauma with Diggs, you know, Manifests itself with the rest of the team, and will it? You know, if if the idea is to get the uh, the new characters, you know, fuller, f- more fully invested or more fully taken up, you know, the the, the mission of Team Arrow, and shine a spotlight more on them versus some of the the older characters, as far as being on the crime fighting side, but maybe using the older characters as far as dealing with you know interpersonal or personal. Challenges like in Oliver's case, race at William, Diggs' case, dealing with whatever trauma that happens to him on Leon Yu, Felicity, right. you know, with her issues with smoke industries and her relationship with Oliver. Maybe that's sort of where the focal point is going to be on those original core characters, whereas the newer characters will be the ones who are actually out there in the streets getting, you know, doing the crime fighting, um, storyline. Getting the shit the, done. Stuff done. Exactly. Getting stuff done, yeah. And apparently, Dinah's going to be getting so much stuff done that she's going to face some repercussions come mid-season. And I have no, like, that's literally all I know, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I know I that sounded say, really vague, you know, well, no, but, but that's but all that's I know. True. I mean, <laughs> of the CW, of the, of the Arrowverse, the, really the Arrow itself is, 
been the most tight-lipped about what's going to happen this season. I mean, there has been, you know, at least with the other three shows, there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of story points getting dropped. But with Arrow, it has been kind of, other than, you know, certain actor being cast for a certain role or whatever, um, you know, as far as, like, where the story is going this season, it's it's been pretty tight-lipped. Yeah, and it, usually they give it all away in that first trailer that yeah. they drop, but I felt like this year, because of where they left things, it has worked in their yeah. favor as much as it's annoying me <laughs> to no end, because we know who lives. Get yeah, over it. Yeah. Which is like the Flash. It's like, you know, we you know a few months ago when, when things just ended, we were like, so how long do they, you know, how long will Barry be away mm-hmm. in the Speed Force? And it's like, that trailer is like, oh, episode. one episode, not even an episode. It's just like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> about mid, you know, yeah. the first twenty minutes, he's back, or the last, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it's it's always that game of like, well, I wonder how long that yeah. will last. Just hiatus, which we don't see. Um, and then here's the point. One of the like, I was even surprised that this news that we're about to talk about didn't come out during San Diego Comic-Con. It didn't come out like a week after. It came out just earlier this month, I feel like, that Kirk Acevedo Mm -hmm. was cast as Richard Dragon to appear this Mm -hmm. season. And that is critical information, people. Critical. Because Richard Dragon is a big character from the Arrowverse. And... Did I pull up the right biography? I don't think I did. But I remember speculating with friend of the show, Carrie from Geeks Geeks Talk TV, about how Richard was going to appear in season five. Instead, we got Prometheus. So I'm very excited that he's going to come on board this year and shake some crap up. Hopefully, though, here's my fear, Will. Josh, Josh Segarra, mm-hmm. Segarra really set the bar yeah, high last season. Super yeah. high. I mean, he surpassed Slade for me. Wow. And Ooh, so, wow. I, I know, which, hey, we also get Slade back yeah, this year. But it's it's going to be tough because Richard Dragon falls into that archetype. And we've already had two of these great actors come on board, really steal the mm-hmm. season through their performances. So it's going to be interesting if Richard Dragon, if he becomes his own character, or if he just feels like same of what we've already seen in the past. It's kind of like with The Flash and how we're like, okay, we don't need another speedster yeah. Yeah. villain. Yeah. You I get totally, get what, I totally get, get what you're saying because I mean, when you look at Richard Dragon, he is a master martial artist and mm-hmm. uh, Jack, Check. and he has all these great physical skills that are that rival or even surpasses Oliver in some um, places. Check. So it's like, okay, what what new thing can he bring that Prometheus didn't bring to us last season? Yeah. Seriously, I mean, and I'm sorry, Kirk, but you're not as cute, <laughs> cute as Josh. So he, he got a oh, lot to yeah. live up well, to. Kirk, Kirk, I think Kirk's older than Josh, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I don't, I'm not an ageist, okay? I'm just saying. No, I'm not saying, no. Oh, no, no, no not, not, not an ageist thing, but, uh, you know, as far as, like, 
again, what, you know, get to the point, what, uh, yeah, what will be the motivations and what will be, you know, and because we've had such a, you know, you know, not even, not too many morsels of information come out as far as what is happening with their O season six, it's really hard to see how he's going to sort of fit in, or, you know, is it going to be a season long arc, um, or, you know, or, or, or definitely won't be a one-off for sure, but, or like a like what happened with Tobias Church last season. He was killed off right early on in the season. I thought he was going to be the big yeah. bad. Um, is he going to be the vigilante? See, I hope not. They need to tease that as long as they can. Because <laughs> once that happens, the show has completely jumped the shark, and then you know, pack up production. We're done. Uh, the only thing that's left um, is, uh, you know, having the, having the, the, the iconic goatee, which Steven said he was going to, you know, tease that to, that yeah. is finally going to happen before the show. Well, I mean, he did say if they got a season six, you would see the goatee at yeah. one point. So he's got to live up to it. That man talks yeah. a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so, you know, we may not know a lot about what's going on in the Arrowverse outside of probably the first episode, but I got my speculation on Mr. Robot Season 3. I did my you research. You definitely did your research. I'm you, pretty You pumped. are pumped. I, I, yeah, I've looked, I've looked at your research, and, okay, I got, I got, I, I, have, some, I have some homework to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, all I did was watch a few of the trailers because they've released now a few different yeah. versions it's a lot of the same clips you you really don't pick up on a lot of what is actually going to be happening in the narrative this mm. year at the same time um i just noticed some things that led to my speculation and i want to start off though with a easter egg that a lot of super fans like ourselves um, are aware of and how they title these episodes. Um, each season is the end of the title refers to a certain type of um, a file and um, is code and it kind of always relates to how the season is going to go. And so I want to start off our Mr. Robot season three talk will with how they are ending the titles for these episodes. And this season it's called a header mm -hmm. file and it's a file containing C declarations and macro definitions to be shared with several source files. Hashtag include. That is what my Google search came up for. And that just takes me to a whole new level of excitement <laughs> <laughs> because after watching the trailers, you you get the sense that all of these characters are finally in the know. They're finally yep. hashtag included yep. on the big plot and how it's unfolding. Granted, some of them are still puppets. Yep. Some of them are still still doing exactly what Philip Price or White Rose wants them to yep. be doing at the, that exactly. time. But there is still this known idea that... They are now in season three. They understand more about who the players are, what their roles are, and maybe that's where the conflict comes in. The 
now that you know the role you're going to play, Will, are you going to play it and perform or are you going to challenge it and say, nope, that's not who I am. I'm going to actually be this person. And and that's where the, the tug and pull comes from of Elliot's not doing what he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see the inner conflict between Elliot and Mr. Robot where they both want very different things now. And so you have that push and pull internally inside of Elliot of who's in control and what role are you going to play? Yep. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very interesting you brought that up because I don't, I don't know if you saw the trick, uh, one of the uh, interviews with uh, Rami Malek um, talking about Elliot this season. And he touches on that push and pull that you're talking about from, mm-hmm. you know, where, uh, you know, and we talked about this as well, where first season is very, you know, very fast paced and uh, a lot's going on as far as, you know, Elliot and the, the, the grand plan. And then season two is just more, it's very, you know, more detailed and more narrative and more, you know, drawn out mm-hmm. and deeper, a deeper dive uh, in, into the character yeah. and, uh, and how Elliot is now pulling free of the Mr. Robot pulling through Mr. Robot. You know, we saw that at the end of season yeah. two and, you know, in the, in the, the, the culmination, uh, in, in the, in the warehouse with, uh, with what, with, well, like Tyrell, yeah, Tyrell and, and Elliot, whenever, you know, about to execute the, execute the, um, the plan. And, you know, we saw that, that, that challenge, you know, that Elliot was like, no, this is wrong. He had that, that his conscience yep. finally, you know, I can't, you know, I can only take this so far, and Elliot's just like, no, I can't, I can't do this because I realize that this is wrong thing to do. Uh, right, it was, it was a mental break yeah. for sure. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, you know, now that Elliot's free, so to speak, of, of this, how will he become a puppet master? Will he push, push and pull on the, the the puppet strings of everyone else. And he has, but I guess he has to some degree up to this point, but now will he use it to prevent things from becoming worse? But then everyone else around him is like, no, we have to like, we have to fulfill this. And, you know, you know, so, you know, so obviously, you know, Angela, we saw at the end of season two, is you know, pop, you know, possibly now a puppet of White Rose, uh, which is going to be crazy. Yeah. Like I don't even know if it, that's going to actually happen. Yeah. But the way she's talking to Tyrell in the few scenes we see her in the mm-hmm. trailer, it kind of feels like whatever happened between her and White Rose left a big impression, and. She's like brainwashed yeah. almost. You know, <laughs> you, know, well, you know, going back and watching, um, you know, season one and seeing Angela's character, you know, she is the most like wishy-washy person uh, on this whole series. I mean, she, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like. And I, and I guess that's, you know, and, and, and we see it manifest itself in, in, in different ways. You know, the one point that she was very strong, I felt, was whenever she was working with the lawyer to find out more about 
you know, what happened to her father and, 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 and the plant. Uh, but, right. uh, but beyond that, it's like, she's a very frustrating character to me. I can see that. I can, I can definitely see how you, you kind of, because initially she feels like the, a lot of people relate her to Karen yeah. Page, but uh, that straight character um, in in lieu of everything else that's going on around her, she's kind of the one like, guys, um, this isn't real yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, um, there there is something interesting about how easily she is um, influenced and pulled over. Um, because at one point last season she was working with Philip yep. Price, and now if she is under White Rose's control, she is that pawn much more so than Elliot is. Because to your point about Elliot, he he's in a different level than Angela is, to where he has done the bidding of White Rose in the past, but that was because he was fulfilling his own mission. Yeah. He he was very driven in season mm-hmm. one. And he thought he was doing what he needed to do when reality is in season two, he realizes he can't trust himself. Yeah. He he is insane. He has a condition and he's really not operating under Elliot Alderson. Whoa, I stumbled there. But he's operating under this disguise of Mr. Mm-hmm. Robot. Yeah. And so now this season he has a yep. choice more so than he has had ever before about who he wants to be in this world and if he does want to stop what what is being plotted and what is being planned then he can yep. he just has to make sure Mr. Robot doesn't beat him to right. that though cuz Mr. Robot will get in his way and he will screw some crap up for exactly. Elliot which and so to go back to the whole files yeah. they talk about how um, it's the macro and the micro, and that's how I really hope Sam Esmail delivers on this idea that you have the puppet masters, as you keep bringing up, of White Rose and Philip mm-hmm. Price, and they're operating on the macro mm-hmm. level. And then you go down and you see the internal struggle between Elliot and Mr. Robot, and that's on the micro level. And and just how these all of these characters are connected, but they're operating on those many different levels. And that's why, even though this universe is small in comparison to the Arrowverse, it's still so fleshed yeah. out because everybody has their own story yep. to tell. And it's all interconnected. Totally, totally interconnected. And, you know, and, and thinking about, you know, as we left off of season two, how... You know, all these various threads. You know, Darlene had a pretty significant thread in season two, in that you know, while Elliot was incapac was basically you know out of the picture because he was you know, quite frankly locked up. She took the plan and started moving it forward, and it was really the leader of all this, and and you know, became uh, you know, Mister Robot in the sense of. 2.0. Yeah, I mean, the only difference was, you know, she just wasn't interacting with them. <laughs> but, right, uh, right. you know, but, you know, but, but also getting to our theme as far as puppet masters, we wonder, you know, now that the FBI has, you know, firmly, you know, 
gotten her in, in their grasp, will she become a puppet of the Bureau um, and do their bidding to, you know, continue to, you know, to infiltrate uh, Elliot's plans and, you know, by extension, Ty, you know, Terrell and, you know, stopping, stopping this. Or just, I, I see, I always go back to that episode in season two where Darlene talks about that day mm-hmm. on the beach and she's pretty much kidnapped for her time and nobody knows where yeah. she is. And I always relate the potential for her character to that moment because in that moment you start to see the sibling mm-hmm. rivalry, which, yes, if she were this season to be playing for the FBI, for to be a um, a rogue agent in F society, but ultimately she betrays F society and sells them out to the FBI. She's working for them, but I still don't feel like she would be a puppet because I think it would mo- always go back to her relationship mm-hmm. with Elliot and the resentment that she naturally has with yeah. Elliot because he's the prodigal yeah, son. Yeah, true. And she's not. And even in season two, when for all intents and purposes, he basically removed him from the game and she stepped up to fulfill what her her father laid out for them to do. She still wasn't good yeah. enough. You know, she's she couldn't keep it all under she control. Could. Elliot had to be there. Elliot had to she had to bring him back in. And so. It, it, I kind of feel like they could do that and make it work and it and it wouldn't feel like what you feel with Angela where you're just like, okay, whose side are you yeah. really on? This is ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's much more naturally motivated by just who she is as a character. It is. It is. And that's you know, you make a very good point about the sibling rivalry uh between between the two because uh you know Elliot clearly is the is the chosen one as far as in the family, and um, mm-hmm. but you know, but at the moment where he is supposed to to fulfill his his destiny, he backs backs down. Whereas Darlene is like hell bent, ready to go, and if she wasn't so sloppy, yep. she would actually would have been able would be able to do it. Yeah, it's like if she was Elliot, she would be able yeah. to do it. And that yeah, sucks. Yeah, I mean, she has no, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she has no, like, you know, no conscious or no, like, hesitation to, to do what's necessary. I mean, hell, she, she literally killed that woman. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, literally killed yeah. that woman. And she's probably still dealing yeah. with that. The So the one, the two characters, and this kind of makes me mad that I have to, say it like this but the two characters who I don't really know or have a good idea about what they're going to be doing this season are the Wellicks and it makes me mad because since season one the Wellicks have actually been my favorite characters (laughs) I find them to be fascinating because they're so different than anyone else we have on the show and they feel so disjointed but part of the narrative and it's so interesting to me and I love the dynamic between Tyrell and Elliot those two actors I could watch a full episode of just them in a room because they play off of each other so well they do do. that's one of the things I enjoyed about watching the first season over again as seeing that those scenes of the the two of them together you know (laughs) those two together or Mr. Robot and Tyrell together Uh, didn't 
Uh, well, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. true. Because, and they, they even bring it up in the trailer for this season where Tyrell's like, it's like he's a different mm-hmm. person. Well, he is. he is because Tyrell hasn't actually gotten to know Elliot. He's gotten to know yep. Mr. Robot. And that's what's, if they flesh that out, that'll be yeah, it will be. It, yeah, it will be. But also, you know, seeing, you know, in the trailers, you see Tyrell like on a, you know, on a vendor. And I'm wondering what that mm-hmm. is all about. Is it how, you know, is it, okay, Elliot survived the gunshot and, you know, and this, the plan it seems that it didn't go off as, as, as they had originally planned. So, is you know is he's ha- is he having a breakdown from you know from this failure because he is because oh, you know he's you know because he's always scheming he's always you know, he's always one step ahead of everyone else except for his wife right um, right and I, and I wonder if that failure just causes him to spiral uh and and into some kind of despair hmm. I'm curious now because the I don't think that they're selling it that he's spiraling because the plan didn't work. I thought they were selling it more that he's spiraling because he shot Elliot and almost killed him. Mm. Like this is his best friend, quote yeah. unquote. This is his hero. This is his brother. Some would even argue lover if you are on that ship, yeah. which I'm not. So, so to me, I I almost buy into more that Tyrell wouldn't spiral because the plan didn't work. Because I feel like the plan did, on one level or another, meet expectations for F Society because the season two ends with the power outage. But he's more disturbed about what he did to his closest ally, and and even when I put it that like that, that kind of bothers me because. Who is Tyrell? Like yeah. now I'm questioning who Tyrell is because I felt like I knew a version of him in season one and then I don't know what happened to him in season well, two. The question is season two. Where 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 is Tyrell? Yeah. Where's Tyrell? Yeah. And, and then once we Maybe that's what we're gonna find out in season they three. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, that was a lot of fun and definitely a show that I can't wait to start breaking down oh, with you wait. more on a regular basis. It's going to be, be great. A lot of fun. Can't wait. Shout out to BD Wong who brought home the Emmy for hey, congrats. Um, guest starring role. Definitely. Congrats. White, White Rose. Yes. Said. Well deserved. <laughs> Oh, man. And that leads us to The Punisher Season 1, which we will be breaking down. And we don't know when, though, because they refuse to give us the release date. Yeah, I, I keep seeing, like, little dribs and drabs of something like some, some like the 1st of November, uh, you know, until, until but we know it's going to be hopefully sometime before, you know, December 31st, 2017. I, it's gotta be because they they've been very vague on the month and the day, but they have not been vague about the year. And to me, November makes the most sense because they usually release shows in March and November, and so that follows suit. But 
it's it's just kind of interesting. I've never seen them use this advertising ploy before. Um, maybe we're going to see it more often. But, hey, as long as it drops, it'll drop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, so, Will, what were your thoughts on the season one trailer that dropped um, earlier this I, week? I, I, I enjoyed it. I think, you know, it's obviously beyond the the um, uh, violent nature of the Punisher just because, I mean, you know, it is, I mean, this is a man who had his, his invention, his family's, you know, murder. And, um, right. and but, you know, Frank Castle seems like a very dynamic character and a very interesting character that is more than just this man who held, who has bent on vengeance. It's, it's also something deeper that he seems to be getting to um, in, um, you know, trying to work through this trauma and this tragedy in his life. And right. so, you know, admittedly, I haven't seen the back end episodes of the of uh, Daredevil season two. I will catch up before I watch the, the Punisher, but. Um, I you know, but I, I'm looking forward to this series. I, mean, I thought it was a very well put together trailer, better than some movies, quite frankly. <laughs> to, so that you know, I, I, I'm excited for it. I, I'm, I'm genuinely excited for it, and and I'm hoping that um, after the um, uh, you know unmet expectations from the defenders, um, uh, you know. This will this will be a, a good rebound uh, for for the Netflix Marvel universe. Yeah, and I love how you brought up um, that Frank is more than just revenge mode. He has a lot more internally going on, and you even say it has to do with tragedy and trauma. And Ben Barnes, who will be appearing on this show this season, um, will playing. Billy Russo, Jigsaw, he said in an interview with comicbook.com that our show is about men suffering from tragedy and trauma. And so, and that's what the trailer promised. Hopefully it delivers with 13 episodes. I'm very curious about how they can stretch it that long. Um, but something I did notice in the trailer and now I can't get out of my head is I wonder if they would have used the song oh, Hurt yeah. <laughs> had Logan not beat them to it. <laughs> because it's just, those trailers, like, watch them back to back. They are very similar. similar. You, you raise a very, very, very good point. They are very similar. That's something yeah, we will never, but... we will never know. <laughs> never know. <laughs> So, so that this is the first season of the Punisher, even though we are, or I'm at least very familiar with him from this universe, um, having seen him in Daredevil season two, I am now moving my focus on, I I don't just want to see Frank Castle and Karen. I want to see, um, Billy Russo because I didn't know a lot about his character until I read up on him and he is probably my money is on this is not just going to be frank castle 101 this is going to be about jigsaw as well and they're going to do 
hopefully what they've done in past season ones with these heroes is set up that arch enemy and that nemesis with a parallel story. And from the books and how this season could ultimately end is with a showdown between these two characters that leaves Billy Russo with a scarred face. And that's where he becomes Mm -hmm. Jigsaw. And we see him later down in the line. So this really is an origin story for Jigsaw. Yeah, I I think you're right. I mean, hopefully we will see that because, again, you know, it seems that the Marvel Universe does, you know, does do this with their, with their, with their, you know, the bad guy, for lack of a better term. And we'll, you know, hopefully we'll set it up for that origin story that you, that you, that you've raised. Yeah. And and then it's not just about men dealing with their own trauma, but the trauma suffered by Frank mm-hmm. Castle bleeds into causing trauma and tragedy to occur in other people's lives. Right. Right. Because these two these two characters, their paths would not have crossed had Frank's family never died, had he never taken up the mantle of the Punisher. Um, but it did. And so it's just part of fate and um that just reminds me of arrow because so often does oliver lead to him creating his own villains <laughs> hmm. <Such> classic hmm. storytelling <laughs> that was, just guys hmm, let me ponder that for a second <laughs> well they just made a big deal about that last yeah. season like i, I created, created prometheus yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh uh, man that... and um so if this season really does um, pick up right where the defenders left, then Karen Page is on the market. So I may be finally getting my shipper fulfillment go. of Karen and Frank <laughs> because I know that her character ultimately reaches her demise at some point in Daredevil. So I need to have this happen now <laughs> before it's yes. too late. Ship ship them now. <laughs> That's number two for tonight, y'all. That's our second ship for tonight, if we're, if we're keeping track at home. Hey, don't make fun <laughs> of me. I'm not making fun of you. It's a, no, it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not fun at all. I'm not making fun of you at all. It's more like, okay, it's like, okay, there's a quiz at the end, and we're making sure people are paying attention. Just making sure they're on the right ships. <laughs> Which which episode did Sarah create the Karen and Frank hookup? Do you have any last points about The Punisher before we move on to a TV? No, like Robin. Robin, no, like I said, yeah, no, like I said earlier, I hope that it's uh, it's a good rebound. I know a lot of. I, mean, I know a lot of people, myself included, were very was de- very disappointed with uh, how the defenders uh, rolled out was uh, rolled out. So um, yeah, I, I'm hoping it'll be a good rebound for the Marvel Netflix universe. Yep, but not as bad as a defenders was not as bad as Iron Fist, and it was certainly not as bad as the Inhumans. Yeah. So there are worse things yes, to there watch. Are. <laughs> All right, so to round out this show, we are going to also be mentioning some other shows that we are looking forward to returning this fall. 
um, that we probably won't be covering this year, but we do want to mention that we want to do some show yeah. drops. Show, show drops. Dropping. So, Will, why don't you kick us off? All right. So, I kicked off the show with Star Trek, which I, you know, hopefully we will we'll re- definitely hope we'll revisit at some point on the show. But uh, two or three other shows that I definitely uh, that I'm looking forward to seeing return. Uh, one is comedy uh, Blackish on ABC. It's uh, with Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis Ross and a bunch of kids that you know I think their family their brood continues to grow. Lawrence Fishburne's in it as well. Very funny show, very topical show, um, but it takes things on in a very, you know, very topical issues on in a very fun, humorous way. And then also just seeing, you know, the dynamic between Dre and Rainbow. It's, uh, it's yeah. just a fun, it's just a very fun show. And, uh, you know, whenever, you know, just, you know, you just need to sit back and just have a good laugh for 30 minutes or, you know, or, you know, Again, where they do take on you know issues of the day, but you know in a sometimes very serious light, but lighthearted light. Sometimes also, it's just it's just a great show, and it's just their third season, fourth season. I don't know yeah. how many seasons, but I will say to your point about it being topical. If listeners have not seen Blackish and they're interested or curious about it, watch their post-election yes. Yes. episode. It is. Outstanding. Yes. It is a great, well-written. Yeah. Some of the most powerful stuff on TV uh, that's been on in recent years. And, uh, you know, I think now more than ever, when you not to get all political or whatever, but when you see stuff that's going, you know, you know, with, the, with mm-hmm. what's going, you know, the hell, today's being Sunday in football and what you're seeing playing out on the fields across America and the, that discussion there. I am sure that, all this stuff is going to show up on, on this show. And, and I, and I know they'll handle it in an appropriate way to make you really think. And that's the great, that's the great thing about good television, uh, is, is television that makes you think about things. Um, yeah. yeah so, uh, moving from that very high brow comment to something a little, little, little lower brow, uh, ESPN does these great series called, uh, <laughs> 30 for 30s. And, and so they're in their third season. And it's not, a, and, you know, they like, they do great ones. I mean, if you haven't seen the one on the, uh, the U about the Miami Hurricane football team back in the day, uh, the two Escobars are probably the high marks as far as Pablo Escobar and then the soccer player in Columbia. It, it's just, you know, awesome sports documentary telling. But one that is near and dear to, to folks here in the Carolinas is the one that's coming up called The Nature Boy, which is Ric Flair, the uh, WCW wrestler, uh, who actually had a brush with death just not too long ago. Uh, <laughs> which apparently he, he's out, <laughs> Nature Boy's back, woo! And uh, uh, there is actually going to be a 30 for 30 about him on November 7th. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And then last, yeah, nice. and then last um, series on Amazon Prime that uh, we really enjoy is uh, Mozart in the Jungle. It's season four. I think they're in production now. Um, and um, actually, 
Oh, gosh. The actor, Sarah, that you, we had talked about before is actually going to be in season four. And I can't, I'm, I'm blanking on his name now. I had written, written it down in my notes, but I, I don't don't have them right now. But what did he um, play? He, we thought he might have been cast. He's going to be cast on Arrow this season as a guest star. And I can't remember. And we thought, oh, well, maybe we thought he was going to be Richard Dragon, but he ended up not getting cast as Richard Dragon. But neither here nor there. Um, but Mozart in the Jungle, it's a great story about it's a fictional New York um, um, orchestra, and uh, it's super funny, super you know, uh, great soundtrack. Uh, definitely, definitely looking forward to it returning for season four. Very nice, very nice. Um, I'm still trying to figure out who I, you're I talking about, it up, and it's going to drive I'm, me I'm crazy. I'm going to look it up while you give your while you give your uh, your rundown for your shows you're looking forward to. Okay. So, um, my shows is I am surprising myself by saying that I am actually really looking forward to Gifted on oh. Fox, which is premiering yep. this fall. I keep seeing advertisements for it. I know that they're just showing us the first episode, so I'm curious about episode two honestly but um the show is they're giving me x-men feels Mm -hmm. that i haven't gotten from the movie the cinematic universe so i'm really hoping that this is a success and gets multiple seasons and i hope that they have figured out good tie-ins to make and it's not going to feel like agent of shield where it's its own thing but it is tied to the marvel cinematic universe so um, I, I'm curious, but I'm also really looking forward to it because I think it's going to work. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Too. Um, it looks like it's going to be very good. And by the way, yeah, yeah. Michael Emerson. He is cast. I didn't think that he was going to be Richard Dragon. He's on. He is going to be in Arrow season yeah. six, though. Um, he he's going to play the character who they helped Felicity helped Hive kidnap. Okay. Um, ooh, I'm blanking on the name. Caden okay, James. Okay. That's right. Caden James. Yeah, I knew. Like, it's not official that he's playing Caden James, but it's it's pretty yeah, much yeah. official. Sorry. I will be shocked if he plays anybody yeah, I think else. That's cool. That, and that's where, when I saw the story about him being cast from Mozart in Jungle, they referenced the Arrow season six. So. See? It's already started. Already yep. started. Um, and then I can't go a recording of Seen and Nerd without mentioning my man, Sterling K. Brown. So I am definitely looking forward to This Is Us, which is premiering later yep. this week. Yes! Big three. Big three. Will doesn't get it. I do. <laughs> That's, <okay>. That's great. <laughs> so I also want to bring up The 100 Season 5. This is a series that um, I think the season season one and season two are nearly perfect for me. I, I love what they do and where they go. Season three, it starts to get convoluted. Season four is really just convoluted mess. I am, however, and I even stopped watching the show, but I did see a preview for season four and I'm there, or season five, excuse me. I I'm very curious now after seeing that preview and knowing what happened at the end of season four, 
this this feels like a restart, mm-hmm. a refresh. Um, they're going to continue this story, but they're going to go about it in a very new dynamic. And they're, they have more stories to tell in this universe. And I am very much looking forward to that. And last but not least, The Crown Season 2. John yeah. Lifko won you the Emmy. It. I called it. it. Finally got one right. Finally got one right. (laughs) I don't know how big of a role he's going to have in the second season of The Crown, but I will tell you that trailer for this season is awesome. It's so good. The Crown, I will admit, it's slow. But there are some episodes and there are some character moments where you're just... It's like this realization of royalty that I haven't felt about anything else I've seen in regards, like even um, that movie with Helen Mirren from a few years back about Queen of Elizabeth, mm-hmm. but in her later stage in life, um, it still didn't explore her in the stage the way the crown is and the dynamics. And something else I want to bring up about the show and why it's so important to me is because they make the the gender roles that played out back then so relevant to what's happening mm. now and so relatable to what's happening okay. now and because well she's a mm. queen and she's married yeah. and her husband is a citizen and she's his queen yet they're married in a time in a time period where the the men were the head of the house, gotcha. but this is we're talking about a matriarchy, yeah. and, and and they do some very interesting things mm. with that. I I mean down to the opening, how you get introduced to the subject is through their vows, wow. which is very interesting and well written. Huh. So it it is something that it catches you off guard. And then my favorite moment though with her was an episode that me and my dad were watching. And he pointed out to me, like, oh, she's ignorant. <laughs> she she has been raised to be the mm. queen. They only taught her so much stuff and what really she had to know to be the queen. So she, there's, she realizes that her schooling was not the same schooling that everybody else received. They left a lot of stuff out. And she's standing here like, I'm supposed to lead a country. And I barely know basic math. Oh, wow. And so she takes it upon herself to wow. learn, huh. which is so fascinating. And so um, it, it's very mm-hmm. relatable and it's very um, it, it makes you feel like it shows somebody who you put on a pedestal, literally, who has the same self-doubt, same um, I, I don't know yeah, where I'm going it. with it, but yeah. you just, you feel for her. Yeah, that yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, it makes, it makes total sense to, you know, uh, whenever, yeah, we see these public figures and you think they have all their stuff together, but then they have the same doubts, self-doubt and everything that, you know, regular folk, quote unquote, regular folk have too. Um, and, 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 I, right. you know, how, and I love how you described how she takes it upon herself to like, Realize that she has this gap in knowledge, you know, take steps to, to, to fix it. 
Oh, yeah. Like, I can describe it, but it does not match to what they do in the show. Like, (laughs) it is just that well written. That's all I have to say. Like, that's literally what happens. (laughs) Very cool. So I'm definitely looking forward to that second season to drop on Netflix for sure. Wow, Will, we, we made, made it. it. That was that a lot was of TV a lot talk. Of TV talk but you, you, as always, you, you navigated us very well through it. So, folks, we have a well, yeah. It is here. The fall season is here. Well, it's not here here, it's, but it's but, here. yeah. It's it's close <laughs> enough. I, uh, Star Trek <laughs> premiered tonight, so it's here. <laughs> I've declared it. It's here now. <laughs> yeah. True. This is us. We'll be here yes. on Tuesday. So then it'll yeah. be here for me. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you tell um, listeners where they can find you yes, on you Twitter? You can find me at, on Twitter at Will M. Polk. That's W I L L M P O L K. And you can find me on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S J B E L M O N T. We are very curious to hear about what shows you're looking forward to. And if any of the shows we mentioned today you are for or against, I'm curious. I want to see where people are on Gifted. Yeah, I really want to know if if I'm just only one or if everybody else is kind of like, yeah, that actually does look worthwhile. Um, please also find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Cena Nerd, but most importantly, go to iTunes and SoundCloud to rate, subscribe, and comment. We love doing this show and we hope you love listening to us. You can also find us on Castbox, the Android app. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>